All right, Ezekiel 37, 1 through 14. Some of you may find this familiar. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. And then he asked me, son of man, can these bones live? I said, O sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you, and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you, and you, you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, a shaking. And the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked. And tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe into these slain that they might live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says, O my people, I'm going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from them. I will put my spirit in you and you will live and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and that I have done it, declares the Lord. We'll go that far. Such an interesting story, right? How many of you have a song going through your head right now? Dim bones, dim bones, dim dry bones. Yeah, learn that one too. So, given the circumstances at the time, it wasn't a very good time to be an Israelite. Nope, not by a long shot. In fact, some would argue that the situation they were in at the time of this writing was equal to or worse than when they were slaves in Egypt. It was horrible. So I'm going to try to describe it to you. I've I've described it in different ways uh, over, over some time. Uh, But I'm going to describe it again so that we can sort of remember what's happening during this time, during the time of the prophets. And uh, I just want you to sort of put yourself in their shoes, try to feel what the Israelites uh, may may have been feeling. So, Ezekiel was a prophet. And during the time of the prophets, the nation of Israel was under a kind of constant bombardment from uh, all the sort of enemy nations that were surrounding it. And at the time, they had become sort of a, a punching bag 
in the Middle East. Time and time again, they were attacked by their enemies. Time and time again, they were close to being defeated. They were close to being annihilated, but it didn't happen. And then finally, and decisively, the Babylonians came in, and they're like, oh, you're gone now. So the Babylonian army comes in, defeats the Israelite army. Thousands upon thousands of people lose their lives. They kidnap the best and the brightest of the nation of Israel, and they scatter them throughout Babylon, which is modern-day modern Iraq. Right? It was, you could think of it as the great exodus, the story of the exodus coming out of slavery in Egypt into the Promised Land. You can think of that story in reverse. So the year was 586 B.C., and if they were keeping track of that date back then, uh, every time they heard it, that date would have stung in their ears. It would have sounded to them like December 7, 1941 sounds to us. What happened then? Pearl Harbor. For those of us who are younger, it would have sounded to them like 9-11 sounds to us. Like, oh my goodness. Only much worse. Only much worse much worse, because their nation was defeated. Thousands upon thousands of people lost their lives. The best and the brightest among them were kidnapped, and they were made to live in a foreign land. They were scattered throughout, right? And uh, the, so, situation is they're homeless, they're hopeless, they're scattered. God says the the, their national song of their soul was this, our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Not a good time to be an Israelite, not even close. And my guess is that Ezekiel was thinking about all of these things, all of these things and emotions were going through his brain and his heart and his soul as he went, went to sleep that night. I'm just assuming he went to sleep. I don't know. He might have been just praying or meditating or something. But all of a sudden, God gave him a vision. The Spirit of the Lord took him to a gruesome, a gruesome place. It was a place full of bones. And as he walked back and forth among them, he was completely overwhelmed by just the, the sheer number of bones and bodies that were on the ground there. The image of a battlefield with thousands upon thousands of soldiers who had died, and now they're left in the battlefield to rot without a proper burial. Again, oh, a horrible vision, absolutely gruesome and gross. Right? It's a jarring picture now. It becomes a metaphor for how the people of Israel felt and the state of their nation. It gives us a good, a good sense of their desperation at the time as they felt disconnected, isolated, like a bunch of dried up bones, okay? Now, if we're honest about it, this is a picture that we all can enter into, I think, right? Oh yeah, this is a picture we can enter into. Some of us right now, are feeling like a bunch of dried up bones because we know these bones, right? We know these bones because we know what it feels like to be disconnected, to be isolated, to be cut off, to be alone. We know what it feels like to be dried up, shriveled up, shrunken down. Family and friends can desert us, 
Relationships can suffer and break down. Our means for providing for ourselves and our families, we can sometimes lose those things. And if it gets bad enough, then banks can come and they can take our homes right, underneath, right from underneath our sleeping heads. Loved ones can be taken from us without a moment's notice. Sickness, disease, injury can take parts of our lives away from us that uh, we have loved for so long. We can go through times where we doubt really deeply. We can go through times where uh, we're not really sure whether or not God is actually on our side. We can go through times in our lives where things that we grew up believing are now being challenged and we're like, oh my goodness, if this is true, it changes everything. We know these bones. Oh yeah, we know these bones because we, we are, we are these bones. And if you're not feeling like these bones right now, there will come a time where you will feel like these bones. Just think about your history. Think about your life up to this point. But here's the deal. These bones, they're not the end of the story, right? They're not the end of the dream. Like Ezekiel doesn't wake up at this point in the dream after he's walking through all of these dead bodies, all of these bones, sun-dried, sun-bleached bones scattered everywhere. He doesn't wake up in a cold sweat wishing he'd never gone to sleep. No, the dream goes on. And at this point in the story, God says to him, Son of man, can these bones live? Huh. What an interesting question. So, in a dream, in a vision, Ezekiel brings, Ezekiel is brought out to confront reality. This is what it looks like. This is what it feels like right now. It's as bad as it can get. And then God says, son of man, can these bones live? Like, can things get better from here? Can new life happen? Can these bones live? Now, I imagine that Ezekiel was somewhat like us. And I imagine that when God asked him that question, he thought to himself, is this a trick question? Like, these are, these are dead bones. These are bones. They're not just dead. They're dried up, shrunken up, shriveled down bones. Like, bones can't, they can't live again. Like, this has to, this, you got to be kidding me right now. But then there's also something deep down inside of Ezekiel that recognizes the unlimited, unpredictable power of God. And so he says, without really giving an answer at all, he says, O sovereign Lord, you alone know. Almost like, can you let me off the hook and tell me? Son of, you alone know. Now, this exchange between Ezekiel and God uh, reminds me, so he makes him confront reality. This is the truth of the matter. This is what it looks like and feels like to be an Israelite right now. Dried up, disconnected, dismembered bodies on the battlefield. That's what it feels like right now. Dead. Right? Can these bones live? So this whole situation reminds me, the whole conversation reminds me of a song by, by a dude named Bob Dylan. Have you heard of him? <laughs> yeah? 
How many of you are children of the 60s and 70s and are willing to admit it right now? Yes, thank you. Right, so then you know the lyrics to the song, Blowing in the Wind? Are you, are you familiar with this? I love this song, by the way. So I'm going to read to you some of the lyrics, okay? They go like this. How many roads must a man walk down before they call him a man? How many times must the cannonballs fly before they're forever banned? How many years can a mountain exist before it's washed to the sea? How many, how many years can some people exist before they're allowed to be free? How many times can a man turn his head, pretend that he just doesn't see? How many times must a man look up before he can see the sky? It's right there, open your eyes. How many ears must one man have before he can hear people cry? How many deaths will it take till he knows that too many people have died? It's a haunting song. It's got some haunting lyrics to it. In it, he asks a whole bunch of really tough questions. Questions that have plagued us human beings as long as us human beings have been on the planet. The kind of questions that get underneath what makes individuals and nations and entire groups of people feel like a bunch of dried up, sun-bleached bones. Why are there wars? Why is there oppression? Why aren't all people free? Why do some people die? Why is there prejudice? Son of man, can these bones live? Can there be new life? And then Bob Dylan says, the answer, my friend, is blowing in the wind. The answer is blowing in the wind. Oh, that's so good. In other words, the answers to these questions are like, they're like out there somewhere. The answers to these questions that have plagued us human beings as long as, as long as we human beings have been on the planet, the answers, they come from a place outside of ourselves. They're blowing in the wind. They're coming from a place that we can't even see, but we can feel it. Like the wind, we know they're there and we try to grasp them, but like the wind, we can't grasp the wind. The answers are beyond the power of us human beings alone. Oh, I love it. Back to Ezekiel. Look at the vision that God gives him. Look, this isn't, some, this isn't part of some sort of ancient prophetic self-help book that we got going on here. It's not some neat little system that tells us how to reform or reinvent or reorganize our lives so that we can be more effective, more efficient, more successful, and thereby happier and totally and completely fulfilled. There's no seven steps to a healthy and full life here. There's no three points in a poem. Nothing like that. Those things are out there. You can go purchase them if you want to, but there's none of that here. In fact, in this vision that God gives Ezekiel, think about the bones what can they do? There is nothing they can do. They're dried up, sun-bleached bones. 
dead. These bones can do nothing but just sit there in the dust. That's it. Ever been there? Ever felt like I got nothing? Empty, dead. I can't do anything. I can't say anything. I don't even know if I feel anything anymore. Son of man, can these bones live? God says to Ezekiel, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, prophesy to it. Say to the breath, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe into these slain that they may live. Help comes from outside of ourselves, out there somewhere, from the four winds. Help comes from a place that is outside of ourselves, from a place that we can't even necessarily see. Help is beyond our power alone. Uh. Now, this is something that we don't like to admit. This is something that we have a hard time grasping. Help is beyond our power alone. That's a hard reality to accept, especially in our world. We're taught that if we work hard enough and if we, if we do enough, we can attain whatever it is that we want, right? This is the world in which we live. We're told this. If you work hard enough, if you put in enough overtime, you can achieve your dreams. Anything you can dream of, you can achieve that. If you get knocked down, what do you do? Get up again. We have songs with those lyrics. That's what we're told. Never let them see you sweat. Never let them get you down. Right? Help isn't supposed to be out of our control. And yet, that's what this little vision is telling us. This little piece of, of writing from Ezekiel is communicating to us that help comes from beyond ourselves. Help is beyond our power alone. And it means that we're all vulnerable. And that the first movement toward new life is what? Just accepting that reality. We're all vulnerable. That's what makes the 12-step program of Alcoholics Anonymous so effective. The first two steps in that 12-step program go like this. The first step is admit that you are powerless and that your life has become unmanageable. How many of us in the room have been there? Like we've needed to admit that. How many of us need to admit that today? That our lives are powerless. Our lives are unmanageable. Number two, believe that only a power greater than you can restore you to health. Oh. Friends, when we're stuck, feeling stale, unmoved, disconnected, isolated like a bunch of sun-bleached, sun-dried up bones, our only hope, our only help comes from outside of ourselves. Because through this vision, God offers a different reality. God offers uh, a new perspective. God offers hope. God offers new life. God offers his wind, his breath, his spirit. The spirit of God is the power beyond ourselves. So he says to Ezekiel, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to it, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe into these slain that they might live. So he prophesied. Breath entered them, and the once lifeless 
sun-dried, sun-bleached bones stood on their feet and they lived again. So help comes from outside of ourselves. God says, I'm here. Wait for the breath. Feel for the spirit. I'm on the way. But that's not all. The great thing about this is that the spirit of God isn't the only power beyond ourselves, right? God actually sends something else. God sends Ezekiel. God sends another person, another human being. God says to Ezekiel, these dried up bones, that's how your people feel. And then he says, go to them now, and you tell them, oh, God's on the way. God sends an Ezekiel. Other people can also be the power beyond ourselves. It happens time and time again all over the pages of the Bible. It happens time and time again all over the pages of the history of the world, doesn't it? When people are at their lowest, when it's as bad as it can get, God sends an Ezekiel. Right? When slavery was at, it, was at its worst in this country, and our country was at war over it, God sends an Ezekiel in Abraham Lincoln, and he moves us toward freedom. When the black minority in this country had had way more than enough, God sends an Ezekiel in the person of Martin Luther King Jr., and he moves us towards equality, and we're continuing to learn today that we've got a long way to go. To help heal apartheid in South Africa, God sends an Ezekiel and Nelson Mandela to help heal the broken bodies by leprosy in India. God sends two women, Ida Scudder and Mother Teresa. When, when to get the world to pay attention to the AIDS epidemic in Africa, God sends an Ezekiel who happened to be an Irish rock star named Bono to get people to pay attention to the destruction and the abuse of creation that we human beings were just wreaking havoc upon our earth. God sends an Ezekiel in a failed Democratic presidential candidate named Al Gore. You can't tell me, don't believe for a second that God had nothing to do with any of that. When people are at their lowest, God sends and Ezekiel. It happens over and over and over again. Of course, we've all had our Ezekiels, haven't we? When Renee and I lost two babies to miscarriage, we had all kinds of Ezekiels in our lives. We had Dick Doden. We had the Gillette family, especially little nine-year-old Stephanie Gillette comforted us. You know, we had my aunt and uncle. We had all kinds of Ezekiels coming to us to breathe new life into our lives. It was hard. It was a process. It took lots of time. It wasn't like the bones just got up and lived. No, bone put together by bone and then tendons and muscle and skin and breath. It took a long time. When I was in high school, I was having a humongo crisis of faith. I may have even gotten in trouble with the law. And God sent two Ezekiels to my life. They invited me out to Okaboji Bar and Grill and bought me a Coke. These Ezekiels were, were my youth pastors, my 60-some-year-old youth pastors, Virgil and Dorothy Dykstra. And slowly, 
They began to help me put my life together. Again, who are your Ezekiels? Think about them today. Who are the Ezekiels that God has sent into your life that are written on the pages of your, of your history? Give thanks for them today. Who could be your Ezekiel today? Who can you go be an Ezekiel for today? God sends his Ezekiels over and over and over again. The Spirit of God combined with the people of God. Oh, there's, there it is. <laughs> the possibility of new life. Breathing again. Friends, when we're stuck, feeling stale and moved, disconnected, isolated like a bunch of dried up old bones, the only hope and help we have comes from outside of ourselves. You've been there. I can't do this on my own. I have no more breath. I don't even know if I feel anything. Our hope, our help comes from behind our, from beyond ourselves. God sends his spirit. God sends his people, his Ezekiel. Do you know what this means? It means there's no hole deep enough that we can't eventually get out of means there's no addiction strong enough to ever hold on to us forever. means there's no sorrow profound enough to keep us locked up inside of our own selves forever. It means there's no pain intense enough to keep us down because the power beyond ourselves is always on its way. So listen for the spirit, feel for the breath, watch for the wind. Look for your Ezekiel. Ask God for his spirit and his Ezekiel to show up in your life. Or better yet, think about right now. Who's the person in your life you can go be an Ezekiel to today? Let's pray. God, thanks for your word. Um, it's not hard for us to admit. Well, sometimes it is. Um, that we hurt, that we experience loss, that our pain is too deep for us to handle on our own. We want to handle it on our own. We don't want to talk about it. We don't want to admit it. We don't want to bring it before others. But God, we know that through your spirit and through your people, healing can happen. No matter how it is we're struggling, physically, relationally, emotionally, spiritually, we all struggle. Help us, oh God, to listen for your spirit. Your spirit that breathes new life and new hope into our lives. Help us to lean on Ezekiel's. And God, if everything's going great right now, help us to look around us. To not be so self-absorbed that we're unaware of the problems and hurts of other people and whole groups of people. Wake us up. Give us compassionate hearts so that we can walk alongside of those who are hurting, who need your wind, your breath for new life. Lead us, oh God, to new life. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand and